When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal, Andy Brant Bernard, and Mike Bryant. 900 shows early. 900 <laughs> shows early. He's coming in for the 3,000th, but he's here for the 2100th, so that's good. That explains the crowd. Indeed. We will be right back. Kick things off with family. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Ho, 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 everybody. Walzer is closed Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So if you're doing late-minute car shopping, today is the day. And don't forget about Walzer Care, a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty that comes absolutely free with all new and probably 80% of the used cars that we sell in studio today is somebody who's taken massive advantage of uh, Walzer Care. Uh, he replaced an engine and a transmission. <laughs> My wife just had a transmission replaced about three months ago. Between the two of us, we took Walzer down for about 12 large. So, oh, well. <laughs> well, it, it, it shows that there's some value there. Cars are super reliable these days, way more than ever in the past. But when they break, they are very expensive to fix, so you've got some coverage. For all details, you can go to Walzer.com. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Do you want to go live with... Sure. Uh, all right. We'll go live. Double live. People are still out there all the time on their cell phones. You see them using them while they're driving, and it's hands-free state. It's against the law to have your cell phone in your hands because that causes problems, and it could cause problems for your family and for another family as you smash into them. So get those cell phones out of your hands and just drive. Works for me, man. I actually have an amendment to that as well. What's that? You know what happened to me recently? Uh Going down the road, someone in the opposite lane uh, tries to pass two cars at once, uh, avoids hitting me in a frontal collision by about 150 feet. So, yeah, don't try to pass two cars at the same time no. because you could very well die or kill someone. Unbelievable. Pro driving tip from Andy. Yep, there Not we go. For real. Walzer.com. <laughs> Let me know when she's ready. Never seen you looking so bad, my right. 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 I just want to make sure. Well, I'm just going to be on short. I'm just stopping in to say and happy holidays no, to not. all you'll, the listeners. You'll be here like at 2 in the afternoon. No, I got to I gotta go do a mediation, so I got to go play lawyer. So, <laughs> But yeah. I'm just stopping in to say happy holidays to all the listeners. Happy holidays to Doug. And uh, you'll be heading off, so we'll see you when you get back from Florida, if I don't go down to Florida to see you at some point. Oh, I'm sure you'll be down there because you've I'll been be to down there Trevini and back. the Break Roost, so I know you're going <laughs> to. They'll be like, I'm out of here, and I'll Dougie's, go, go Dougie. find her for the boys. I've <laughs> never been to the Breakers. It's oh, one of the hotels have I've to? always wanted to stay at. You've never stayed oh, there? You went Flagler Steakhouse. Well, I had dinner the there, but I, I, I've never stayed in the hotel. You never so. had a, oh, lox, a lobster roll down I'm there? I'm trying to oh. explain oh, how my other ways I can say no oh. so you'll understand oh no my god <laughs> you, you do have to sell a lot of cars to pay for well, down I there. hotels before my that Sarah's is true. favorite is the peninsula in chicago which is oh, fabulous okay. but i think the scenery the breakers probably offset oh that. it's it's unbelievable yeah. it is and, and you, you walk around that place and you're like i don't even belong here so well, that Are we happens to you a lot. Block at all, or what are we? I don't care who you're calling. More me. is on the phone, by the way. Built that originally. <laughs> I don't. The breakers. The breakers. I oh, originally, probably it, Henry Flagler. I yeah, wouldn't doubt. Or somebody like that. Yeah. I thought it was Vanderbilt. Yeah. yeah. It might have been Joe Breaker. Yeah. 
Joe Breaker. <laughs> exactly. It was Joe Breaker. Happy holidays, Mike. Well, thank you, thank you, and same to you. I don't get much of a chance to talk to you, but I listen to you a lot on, on this podcast and also on Bob's. Yeah, you know, having the time of my life, let's face it. <laughs> the time of your life, I bet you know, that's probably true. You know, actually, I, I wanted to weigh in here. Uh, probably my most memorable uh, experience at, at a hotel was uh, the Red Roof Inn in Seattle. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We, I, I was I was flying to uh, I was I was flying to uh, Hong Kong. And uh, so there's a layover in Seattle. So we sit on the tarmac for about four hours, right? And you know how it works with airlines or at least used to. Nobody knows what's happening. And then the pilot comes on and says Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're, uh, we're waiting for a part to arrive. <laughs> a to be here any minute, it's part. being flown in from Minneapolis. So we go, everyone groans, and we wait about another hour. Well, it looks like the part's not coming, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, oh, no. So then, but, but the good news was they had arranged for us all to stay at the Red Roof Inn, right? Mm-hmm. Which is everyone's dream. <laughs> and... So we uh, we go to the Red Roof Inn. Now now it's like about three in the morning, and uh, settle into the room, get about an hour of sleep, and uh, then we're all awakened. The part has arrived; they're ready to go. So now you uh, we fly to uh, to Hong Kong, and uh, I think there's a layover. There's actually a layover in uh, in uh, Tokyo. So uh, that's cool. And uh, so now we got to wait for like six hours. They tell us about a six-hour wait in Tokyo for the flight to Hong Kong. I discover that there's a couple seats left on an Air India flight. <laughs> and I, uh, so we get there. We, we run up to the tarmac, and we uh, run up to the, uh, to the uh, terminal, and we, uh, we manage to get on this flight, which is fine. Everyone else on the flight, by the way, that we were going to a life insurance convention in Hong Kong. You know, I used to work for a life insurance company just doing videos and writing speeches. So anyway, not a bad side gig. But um, so, uh, you know, this is when, of course, you know, radio station was too cheap to actually pay me what I needed. What do you mean when it when was? What do you yeah. mean when? <laughs> yeah. Versus the heydays, yeah. the salad yeah. days. So, so we're fine, but the people who had to wait for six hours, well, turns out uh, they couldn't actually land in Hong Kong because of the fog. So oh, <laughs> they wind up in Manila. <laughs> oh. uh, so they have to stay overnight in Manila. Now, unfortunately, there's a civil war going on in Manila. <laughs> oh, jeez. So they spend the night under their beds being pinned <laughs> down by machine gun fire. <laughs> That'll happen. And so the gig that I had there in in Hong Kong was I was putting together uh, I was putting together a, a video a, a humorous video, basically just going out and shooting the shooting the scenes from wherever the the these uh, life insurance salesmen were were visiting and you know doing funny interviews and things like that. It was hard to get a laugh out of those people though. Oh, I would imagine yeah, that's bet. probably true. They are not. Yeah, they are not in the laughing mood. Our guest, good yeah, to know, Andy. No, it was uh, not bad. yet. I can't really dial how, without how making you, a lot of noise. Oh, okay. How'd you like to have an overnight stay in Seattle now? Oh, yeah, that'd be a thrill. <laughs> you know, they're going to change the name of the town to what? I don't know, but Seattle apparently is the name of a chief that owns slaves. No, oh, really. So they want to change the name of the of Seattle, Washington to I don't know, Chitoli or something. <laughs> Chitoli. Yeah, it's probably that. <laughs> probably be Chitoli. Yeah. Somewhere along those lines. Yeah, just let me know when uh, Dr. Lieberman's ready to go. By the way, Mr. Gelfand, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about Santa. Eight reasons why Eight Santa reasons. needs therapy. Okay. Oh. All and we're right. gonna, you know who we're going to go to as an uh, an expert on Santa needing therapy? Uh, who? Dr. Carol Lieberman. <laughs> Nobody knows more about Santa than she is. Well, you know, you need an objective viewpoint. Yeah, that's what we're going. That's <laughs> why we're turning. View. Disinterested third party. Dr. Carol Lieberman joins us. Dr. Lieberman, how are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Marvelous. So I was just talk, talking to Mike, the Lonsman Gelfand, about the fact that we're going to have. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm making an assumption here because of your last name. You might be a uh, 
might be a um, you know a, a cousin of Mike Gelfand, Mike the Lanceman Gelfand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so oh, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have two Jews talking about Santa, which is like my it's my childhood all over again because I lived in a neighborhood that was that was Catholic, Black, and and Jewish. So my I'm, it's like I'm back in a neighborhood talking about Santa with two Jews. I love it. <laughs> it's probably all our fault that he needs therapy because you know we've been waging that war on Christmas for about forty years. <laughs> Have you? We just can't seem to get the job done. You're fine. I love well, this actually, day. I didn't. I haven't waged a war on Christmas. Um, when I was little, <laughs> I wanted to be able to not only get Hanukkah presents but also uh, still keep the myth or the hope of uh, Santa Claus alive. So I used to make. Um, a Hanukkah bush <laughs> and lay it out. I used to decorate a Hanukkah bush and uh, Santa used to come. Oh, see how sweet that is. It's very, very, I love it as a matter of fact. I do indeed. Dr. Carol Lieberman with us, ladies and gentlemen. Santa would be considered high risk for COVID-19. He's overweight. He's older. He flies all over the world down strangers' chimneys, kissing many mommies. Should Santa be in lockdown or quarantine when he gets back to the North Pole? That's what we need to understand today, Dr. Lieberman. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> well doesn't he well, essentially I mean, spend 364 days out of the year in quarantine? <laughs> Good point. Uh, except for Mrs. Claus. Um, yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, according, if you would ask Dr. Fauci, the answer would be absolutely yes. Yes. Um, right. Of course. And somehow also he would have had to have been vaccinated as well before he went on flying around the world. Yeah, well, there you go. There you have it. I love this. COVID Christmas, no, uh, as, as our, well, yeah, I like this. The, that dance in our heads as we near COVID Christmas notes, uh, Carol Lieberman, America's, America's psychiatrist. I, I'm going to have to call you from now on because if, if anyone needs a psychiatrist for America, I do. So Yeah, I'm, I'm America's patient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and me both, Pally, but... Uh, it uh, you know it's interesting, Doctor Lieberman, because we enter a uh, a season pretty much Thanksgiving kind of kicks it all off, and then Hanukkah came along, and now Christmas is coming along, and New Year's, and all these other the Epiphany and all that stuff. So we're rather busy for a couple of months. It seems to me that and I don't know, maybe I'm just fooling myself, but it seems to me that everybody's a little more even keel than usual. Maybe that's because of COVID or whatever, but. Uh, it appears that people are trying to all celebrate uh, the holidays together. I'm hoping all of them. Well, um, I'm not really sure if uh, you mean together in terms of having a lot of guests. No, or, no, no. I just or... mean I mean we're all kind of happy. Like when Hanukkah began, I would make. Well, like I said, I grew up in a neighborhood that was that was Catholic, Black, and Jewish. So there. It was all just part of my whole life, my childhood. Uh, right. It was Christmas. It was Hanukkah. It was all that stuff. So I love, like I said, starting with Thanksgiving, going all the way through uh, the 6th of January. I'm a pretty happy guy. And I'm running into a lot of people that seem to be in a pretty good mood about this, which which is encouraging, I think. Well, yes. Um, that's uh, that's t- You must be in a very um, special place. Because really the rest of the world, or or I shouldn't say the rest of the world, but a lot of people uh, are not as happy this holiday right, season right. Because, uh, because of all the things that we are going through. Number one is burnout. You know, we keep looking for the light at the end of the tunnel and we keep having one variant after another. So people, some people are really their patience and their hope and their optimism is uh, getting really strained well, Dr. Lieberman, full disclosure, <clears throat> about a month ago, I went and did an appearance in Nashville, and I got back, and I, I, I've been vaccinated, I've gotten the booster, I went to Nashville, did an appearance, and came home with COVID, so uh, I, wow, wow. and I still haven't fully recovered from it, I got quite sick from it, not, uh, you know, not deathly ill or anything like that, but I got pretty sick from it, and then it kind of eased up, so... We all do what we can do, and if I didn't want to get COVID, and I didn't want to do all of this, that, and the other thing, but I've accepted the fact that you know we either do it or we got major problems. So I, I, I well, you know, well, you know, that's interesting. I think that may be part of why you have this more uh, upbeat attitude, yeah. because 
you know, this big thing that we're all afraid of, right? And you survived it. So, you know, that would, no wonder you feel um, like you can take on the world. I always have, though, Dr. Liebman. You can ask Mike, the Lonsman Gal fan. I, 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 <laughs> fear, fear is not a big part of my life. I'm not afraid of a whole lot of things. As a matter of fact, hardly anything. I'm, I have very little fear about anything. You know, I'd like to keep my family intact. I guess that it would be a concern, maybe bordering on a fear. But that's, that's the kind of fear that I feel. It's like My loved ones, I'm concerned about the rest of it. I couldn't care. Nobody's going to hurt me anyway. I don't care. My, my translation here... Uh would be that uh, he's a lifelong neurotic. Yeah, well, there you go. It's just, uh, as a matter of fact, Dr. Lieberman, when I leave the Which show, I find to be a, a, a favorable attribute. Well, for me, anyway. Well, yeah. For me, it is, absolutely. But, uh, you know, it, one of the things that I did have noticed, Dr. Lieberman, and, and Mike, I'm going to run this by you as well, and I don't know if it's something I just didn't notice before or something like that. But, uh, boy, people like to lie right now. Getting people to tell the truth right now is not easy. And I, maybe they're being inspired by both of our political parties or all of our political parties, how many of there are. Because pretty much you watch the news every night, and I don't care what channel you watch. They're lying to your face to try to make money. Is that why people have taken it upon themselves and I say, well, I'll just, that's all they do on television. That's all I do here and there. I guess I'll just lie. A lot of people lie a lot more now than they used to. Yes, absolutely. This started a while ago, yes, really. Yes. But it has, I called it the erosion of truth in America. Yep. Um, and it has been eroding. <laughs> um, I think maybe the difference is that it's been eroding a little more quickly or we're noticing it more in the last uh, year or two. But yes, it is a big problem. Um, you know, even even as it relates to juries and trials. Yes. Because um, I think that we are not necessarily getting fair. The jurors are are lying to themselves sometimes if they think that they can be that they're being fair in their judgment. It just amazes me that people can talk themselves into. Oh, it's okay. You know, and, and the number one thing for me, and I, I promise I'll get off this, but. The number one one that concerns me, the number one thing that concerns me is the lies of omission. I will tell you most of the truth, but I might leave out the most important part, which is a lie of omission. I'm sorry. You either need right. to tell me the whole story or you're lying, right? Right, right. And there's a lot of that going on. Just I'll tell you, but I'm never going to finish it, so you're not going to know the whole truth. I, I'm very uncomfortable yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, all of this lockdown and everything has made us lose some of our humanity, whether yeah. it's lying or whether it's being, you know, aggressive, um, air rage. Of course, we always had road rage, but air rage and all kinds of other rage, people getting shot in the middle of the street yeah. in broad daylight. I mean, things are just crazy. Um, and because there's a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, a lot of um you know, a lot of loss of with, with our masks and all of that. We've just kind of staying six feet apart, all of that. We're just, uh, it, you know, it could be like if, if some psychiatrist wanted to do an experiment <laughs> to see how to destroy a society, this would be what they would do. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, that it was the psychiatrist's fault, but I'm just saying this is like a, an, an experiment to uh, destroy us. Yeah, I mean, it's a, certainly a possibility. I do love this part of the descriptor they sent us. Since Santa is coming to town and the pandemic has made us all question our mental health, perhaps we should put Santa on the couch and give him some therapy for his quirks. What would Santa want to know about himself? I love this take, Dr. Lieberman. I want to hand it off to you now to talk about what would Santa want to know about himself? Well, you know, the song, uh, he's making a list, checking in twice. And so he would want to know, you know, if he has obsessive compulsive <laughs> personality disorder. Yeah. Why does he keep checking this thing? <laughs> then uh, say a song continues, he's going to find out who's naughty or nice, and he knows if you've been bad or good. So, um, you know, he might be asking himself if he's overthinking things and too judgmental. Let's see, who's to say who's bad and who's good? Right. Then good. also, he, another part of the song, he sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. So, Eek. you know, you have to kind of wonder, <laughs> is he a stalker or a wire? And he's, <laughs> he wants a psychiatrist to tell him about that. 
I always wondered what was behind that beard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's he concealing? Yes, why is he why is he staring at us? Um then the song, Now Santa is a Busy Man. He has no time to play. He's got millions of stockings to fill on Christmas Day. So he wants to know if he's a workaholic or um, if he should just work one day a year, like, you know, when he brings the presents around and let his elves do all the heavy lifting. And then, of course, that makes would make him feel guilty sure. and make him wonder what to do with the other days. Should he binge on... Uh, classic Christmas movies or read children's letters for the next year. Um, then he's, of course, we know he's very overweight. <laughs> grossly and, uh, overweight, you say, Dr. Lindman. Grossly, grossly overweight. Yes. <laughs> and he has been um, stuffing himself with comfort food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what, like what we all, what we've all been doing in the past couple of years uh, to calm our anxiety. And so he's wondering if he has an eating disorder. Sure. Then um, he also is wondering about whether he's self-destructive and uh, sabotaging himself because he knows that he should take better care of himself and that uh, the long-term effects of obesity can be heart disease and diabetes and high blood pressure and so on. Yep. And then... um, we know the song, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Yeah. And so he's embarrassed about his reputation for being a player. And, <laughs> and that's why he always has red cheeks. He's blushing. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> he's, he's feeling ashamed and he's blushing. Um, and he also is feeling guilty for being unfaithful to Mrs. Claus. Oh, true. So, he wants, mm-hmm. uh, so I suggested that they get couples counseling. Mm-hmm. And he's coming in uh, after Christmas for couples counseling by Zoom. I'm doing Zoom with Santa. Zoom. Okay, Zoom. Um, And and he's still wearing the same outfit that he's worn forever. And he wants to know if he's in a fashion rut uh, or if he is afraid to take risks or if he's just a people pleaser. And this is the outfit that most people seem to like. So maybe he should keep wearing it. So um, these are the things that Santa wants to know. And when he gets finished flying around, (laughs) he's going to ask himself all of these things or ask me as a psychiatrist all of these things. Or if there's a psychiatrist on the North Pole, he can ask them. He'll be a much better person. um, Yes, he will be a much better person for the next year. It's all true. I I just, I love your take on the whole deal because, uh, you know, what's so great about characters i'm just called santa character um that people always kind of project themselves onto those characters so the fact that santa ended up there's no reason for santa the character to be overweight why is santa Mm. overweight why why would you somebody that works as hard as santa supposedly does why is he overweight well because somebody projected their problem on him i'm sure that's a very good question now of course um wasn't he based upon a character, St. Nicholas? Now, mm-hmm. I don't know whether St. Nicholas was overweight or yeah, I don't not. Either. I don't either. But that might be one reason. Um, or maybe, you know, jolly old St. Nick. Jolly old St. Nick. So you think about chubby people being jolly. <laughs> I get, yeah, well, that's true. Gelfan, what do you think? Why, why is Santa overweight? Well, of course, you're talking to the wrong person. About that, because you're not exactly I'm morbidly underweight. Yes, you are morbidly underweight. That's and true. we never get any respect. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I would say, you know, I think his biggest problem is that he's delusional. Well, okay. But of course, I'm not a believer, so that would be my take. Well, also, of course, you know, if he, if he, the fact that that he's overweight. Um, I think helps the the Freudian suggestion of him coming down the chimney. Oh, you know, sure. Coming down the chimney, but, but ah. he might get stuck. He might be, not be able to get out of the chimney. Now, that, of course, brings together a whole new, uh, I would say, a whole new scenario of fear and guilt. Yeah. Every time he goes in and out of that chimney, he worries whether he'll get caught. I just, well, I think They're he's got a point. all kinds of... Uh, 
Freudian uh, interpretations. That well, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike, could you share your contact information with the doctor? I think she has some questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think she might. I think she might. See, Dr. Lieberman, Mr. Gelfand, I never did understand. There's a nice, I grew up kind of nice Catholic boy. But I never, and I used to ask my mother when I was a little boy, it's like, why doesn't Santa just come through the front door like everybody else? Okay. I never yeah, understood Yeah, what they say? She what did went, they say? Oh, he wants to sneak into the house so you kids don't. I said, if he came through the front door, he'd make much less noise than coming down the chimney. <laughs> the front doors are locked, though. You know, I'm going yeah. to expose my old school Episcopalian East Coast roots. You know what we used to leave for Santa? What? Ginger snaps and bourbon. <laughs> oh, oh, there wow. you go. There you have it. Hey, well, you know. when I made my Hanukkah bush, I I, I think I used to I think I used to leave Hanukkah cookies. You know, like uh, cookies with a dreidel on it, that kind, or in a Jewish star, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's those those dreidels are very important to the Jewish culture because they teach children at a very early age how to gamble. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. That is true. He's not lying. I don't know. I just, I, I like the fact that pretty much everybody around because we have Kwanzaa, we have, you know, we've already been talking about Christmas and Hanukkah. We have uh, Festivus now, of course, is, is upon us as well. We have all these people celebrating at the same time. So that middle of... Uh, well, you know, winter just started yesterday or the day before, I guess it was. But but we all need a holiday to get through this horrendous weather in most of the world, I would imagine. That does make sense, yeah. Yeah. As soon as everything freezes, the food goes away, you got to uh, give give people a reason to make it through the winter. Yeah, and then there's that the tragic day when you realize it's time to throw away the Christmas cards. Throw them away? I don't get many. I, I don't know what I ever did, but I don't get a lot of good. Catherine, gets I, I got a lot. one this year. I thought it was nice. It was from a realtor. <laughs> get out! <laughs> get out! I have to take a break, uh, Doctor Lieberman. You can stay with us for a bit more. Sure. Okay, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes more with Doctor Carol Lieberman and Mister Mike Gelfand. And we are back with stretches picks. You know, Tom. Uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender. Tom here to tell you that MyPillow is the best and getting better. MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell has an amazing offer on MyPillow towels, 100% USA cotton. Originally $109.99 and now a flash sale for $39.99. For a limited time and 60-day money-back guarantee, head to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials. Promo code KQRS. Get this great offer and check out the deep discounts on other products. MyPillow.com, enter promo code KQRS. MyPillow.com, promo code KQRS. 
Uh-oh. We got pretzel now. Little Elvis. Bright light city gonna set my soul. Gonna set my soul on fire. We got Elvis Presley, we got Mike Gelfand, and we've got Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking about Santa, we're talking about Christmas, we're talking about a festive season. That's all we know, right? Now, Dr. Lieberman, is there a a hard time you need to be out because I don't make sure that I don't hold you too long? Um, Well, whenever you're, I guess, the next break at the top of the hour. Okay, that sounds good. Of course, Tom, you realize the meter is running. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sending you the bill, though. That's the good news about it. Gelfand's oh. getting the bill for this, so that'll be good. You're used to paying therapy bills, so, you know. <laughs> well, that's yeah, true. Yeah, one more. What difference? Exactly. <laughs> you probably wouldn't even notice. As long as it. you can prescribe the psychotropics, I'm fine. <laughs> the psychotropics. So how is the psychiatric business right now, Dr. Lee? I mean, you're kind of, you're kind of busy. It's booming. Things are hopping and booming right now? <clears throat> well, yes. Um, you know, unfortunately, there are people suffering a lot more. I mean, I know you I, I, you seem to be in a place where everybody is just happy, but um, which is great, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Really, this, this season, I mean, ho- typically during the holidays, some people get holiday blues. Yeah. And um, that comes from uh, nostalgia. It comes from uh, your memory telling you, reminding you, that uh, in Christmases or holidays past, that things were better. You know, when you were a little kid and, and your parents used to make it magical for you, and, or when you were in a relationship and you were doing all kinds of exciting things, whatever it was in holidays past, um, you feel nostalgic for it. And Even also, if it never actually was that way. Well, sometimes, yes. Sometimes the memory makes it seem better than it was. Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, and so that can, you know, but that's, so that's normal holiday blues, you know. But nowadays, um, there are a number of people that are feeling much more depressed than just holiday blues, you know, because of what I was talking about before, burnout, you know, hanging in there and kind of uh, losing hope or where we've been waiting for this new normal. Nobody knows what that is, but we've been waiting for it. And um, it just, and more people are getting sick and, and so on. Of course, fortunately, this Omicron um, variant is not very serious and, and uh, you know, less, less serious symptoms. But in any case, um, there really, you know, are people who are suffering. There's been a rise in alcohol and drug abuse because of lockdown. People are feeling isolated and lonely and angry. I was mentioning before, there's financial problems. Um, and then also, of course, the loss of loved ones uh, through not only through yeah. COVID. You know, you're not cheering us up here. <laughs> well, well, I know, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is because, um, you know, the, because so I can give you the uh, suicide hotline number or tell yeah, you yes. some things that people people can do during this. I mean, one thing you're you're doing a service because the number one thing that people should do is to make sure that they have at least an hour a day of laughter. Yeah. And uh, it seems like you are providing that. Um, We should be alert for signs in our loved ones um, that they may be depressed. Um, We need to plan something to look forward to every day, like especially if we can be out in the sun. We should volunteer for some charity, you know, depending upon how comfortable you feel uh, being out there. But you can even just stay home and make calls, phone calls for donations for your favorite charity. And then um, and then I'll give you the suicide, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is 800-273-8255, 800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K. So I'm just kind of, um, you know, I, I don't mean to be a downer, but I, I'm trying to, no. uh, trying to help people cope with this. It, it, it is, it is harder than um, some past holidays, certainly because because of this, this no man's land that we're in. Well, you know, as a shrink, uh, I'm I'm guessing you you believe as I do having had, unfortunately, some family experience with this, mm-hmm. that the worst epidemic uh, of all is hopelessness. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm, what I'm seeing is that there's just a lot more of it going around right now. 
Mm-hmm. And we have to really create things to bring more hope. You know, um, I created this uh, anagram um, of things people should do every day. Uh, not necessarily, it wasn't, I did this before, um, before the holidays, but let me just mention this. Uh, the anagram is Heal Myself, H-E-A-L, Myself. And each letter stands for something um, to do every day. H is healthy, nutritious food. E is exercise. A is aromatherapy. L is laughter, as I was mentioning, at least an hour a day. M is meditation or calming music. Y is your choice of vitamins and supplements. S is sleep, eight hours a night. E is engage with friends and family to support each other. L is limit your daily intake of gloom and doom. And F is follow your passion. And if people didn't get that, all of that, you know, I know I said it really quickly, but um, I also have it on a website, which is pleasefirefauci.com. And one of the headings is uh, Prescription for America. So you can find that there. Magnificent. <clears throat> That's all I know. And I've, I have a question for everybody on the show, Dr. Lieberman, particularly for you. Is part of this, or maybe it's just my misconception um, or just bad perception? Um, it seems to me like right now, everybody, not everybody, but most people really want to claim victimization. They want yeah. to be a victim. What is that all about, Dr. Lieberman? I don't want to be a victim. Well, because we've seen in the news, you know, all these people uh, getting attention and getting perks, you know, getting special care. Right. All the, right. Snow, all the snowflakes and, and uh you know, and so yes, people think, oh, if I'm if I'm a victim in some way, me too, or you know, um, various ways, then I'm going to get special attention as well. And yes, you know, it's really not the way to go. Uh, I'm, there, certainly, there are victims out there. I'm not right, denying sure, that. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But um, but that you know, to stay in that place of victimhood. Um, is really not healthy. No, not at all. I, it makes me very, very nervous, as a matter of fact, to be around people that that want to be, because, you know, well, I'll give you an example, Dr. Lieberman, a personal example. I tend to be a bigger guy, and I got a, you know, low, gruff voice and all that, and I got a sense of humor, which is really dangerous these days to have a sense of humor. But I have had people, and more than two, three, four of them come up to me in the last six months and tell me, you know, I've always been really afraid of you. And I said, what? Yeah. yeah, I've always been really afraid of you. And I said, I see you about five minutes a year. Why Why <laughs> would you be afraid of me? I, what is that? Why would you tell someone that? Well, wait, so what did they say for, did you ask, what did they say for why they were afraid of you? I think they think I'm nuts or something, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they think I'm going to... I would say this, and, you know, Mr. Gelfand and the, and the two fellas in the studio with me, I put up with zero BS. I will not tolerate people being a pain in the butt. Uh, I also, one of those guys, that old... Uh, it goes all the way back to Euripides, I think. I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. And that bothers mm-hmm. people a lot. I will not cave into someone just to... Uh, well, it bothers Minnesotans. <clears throat> it bothers Minnesotans a lot. That's a, that's a very good point, Andy. That's my son, Andy, that just said that. Yeah, Dr. Lieberman, Minnesotans, they, they don't like that when you will no. not suck up to them. They, they're, Minnesotans are big into their... their <laughs> they, it's true. It is true. That kind of attitude is normal on the East Coast, but over here, uh, not so much. Yeah, it's true. Yes. There <clears throat> Minnesota is having a lot of problems these days. It sure are. Love it. I was born here. I was raised here, and I love Minnesota. But I would say about 30, 35, 40% of people are a massive pain in the ass to deal with, Dr. Lieberman. What do you think about that, Doug? It's Christmas. You guys are the most miserable collection of people in the world. Well, I was in a great I mood until 45 minutes mood. ago. Well, yesterday, Kids are back from college. Dr. Lieberman's You should have heard <laughs> this, is, this is the worst podcast I've ever heard. Dave oh. and Cassie. Dave yesterday was talking about how the holiday season doesn't have any magic anymore, and he's just not into it. And then Cassie's talking about seeing this family all dressed up in Christmas sweaters and stuff and wondering if they've been replaced with clones. It's like, these people. <laughs> Cheer up a little. Andy, let's start our own podcast. We're out of here. No, I'm just saying that, I, that you know that's true. 
I, I, okay, Doug, so shut it. They, we, so, I, we Minnesota, <laughs> I think, did in, invent passive aggressiveness. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Oh, Dr. Lieberman. You ever been to Minnesota, Dr. Lieberman? No, I haven't. But, um, oh, passive you know, with aggressive. With the trials, I, I've actually done a lot of um, comment, commenting uh, interviews, media interviews, about what's been happening in Minnesota this, these past couple oh, of years. Sure. I mean, particularly uh, with Potter, uh, with Kim Potter. Mm, yep, with, yep. Uh, with the jury still out, I mean, I hope to God that it uh, does either an acquittal or a hung jury. Um, I take it, I was just, I take it there still hasn't been an, an answer. Not yet. No, we're, so we're waiting. And, and the local yep. attorneys seem to think that it's leaning toward a hung jury, which would then lead to a pre- plea agreement. Well, they're, yeah. they, what are they charging her with? What is well, the charge? Well, it's man one and two. And if you look at the definitions, I can't tell them apart. No, I mean, it's this hard. is incredibly vague. It's but, hard. And again, I'm a used car vague. salesman. I just didn't bother to go to law school. <laughs> yeah, there well, you, you know, man one is more suggestive of premeditation. Yes, right. yes. So clearly they're not going to convict. I no, mean, that, that, no. that charge is thrown in there so they can throw one out. Yes. And, and they do that all the time. But what she did, what she did kind of, kind of does fit the definition of, of man two, so... And and after all, she didn't. Uh, well, I, I was going to say she didn't help herself, but I think in many ways she defined what she thought would be her fate by saying something like, "Oh God, I killed a boy. I'm going to prison." Yeah, she did say that. Well, that is tend, yes, that does then, tend to be the uh, the flow. But then the other um, police officer said no, and you know, she here's a woman who for 26 years has risked her life every day, you know, every day on the job, and to have this happen, and that horrible, horrible prosecutor, that woman, um, who was just torturing this, I mean, I know, you know, I I work as a forensic psychiatrist and expert witness, so I am very familiar, I've been doing this for over 20 years, so I know what goes on in a courtroom, but that um, prosecutor was more sadistic they're they're both doing their job. Well, yeah, that's the problem with the American justice system is that prosecutors are supposed to demonize, and defend yeah, uh, defenders are supposed to make their client look like saints. They're not really fighting for a common goal of justice. They're fighting for well, I want to win. Yes, that has yes. In some cases, that is way too, especially when it's a high profile case, and you oh, know God, yeah. that you know the cameras are there. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing that hasn't come out, the, ju- the judge didn't let this come in to the trial. The, all of the criminal allegations against Dante Wright. And there, is a signif- there are a significant number of, um, of allegations, you know, of times that he used a gun against a teenage friend, right. against a man in a carjacking against a woman who let him sleep over there where she was having a party and he asked to sleep over and she did and the next day he tried to strangle her and he had a gun also and to, to get money he, he took her money he robbed her i mean you know if the jury would have known more about who dante wright really was instead the prosecution put up those pictures with his little boy and made him look like an angel and that's what they do every time yeah it's pretty much true like i said they want to make their uh, client look as good as possible and then the prosecutor wants to make their uh the defendant look as horrible as possible by any means necessary even if it means lying by omission and pretty much true dr carol lieberman you've been a great guest i appreciate your time this morning and all i have to say to you is ho 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 <laughs> thank you, Doctor. Well, thank you. I have a wo- hope you have a wonderful holiday and a happy new year. A happy new year to you as well. Thank you, Doctor Lieberman. Okay, bye bye. Bye, Doctor Carol Lieberman. Gelfan, she's like the most conservative Jew I've ever talked to. Holy well, she got a little worked up there. You think? <laughs> well, it's true. I didn't though. like she's her quite as much after that. I Why? have to Why? say, she told but I understand. Truth. I understand that there's a lot of that sentiment going around. You know, and I and I wish with this trial that um, people could just recognize that there really is not any significant disagreement about what she did, and and it just boils down. You got to throw a lot of this stuff out and just stick to the facts. What happened? What the law says? And you know, the jury is probably a split eleven to one. Eleven want to want to convict, one wants to acquit, and that one is not given an inch. Um, because 
yeah, she's a in many ways she's she she's a sympathetic character weeping on the stand and I, and I would never say that those were artificial tears. I think they were totally I, I just I think that was no, I, I, I think everybody agrees with that. I mean, the contrast between her and Derek Chauvin is it's they're polar right. It's not the same thing at all. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. And uh, <clears throat> but not everyone agrees with that. Uh, you know, there's there have been some stories out there where there there are some people who say, "Oh, it's just you know crocodile tears and all." But no, again, no, no. we know what happened. There's right. no dispute about it, mm-hmm. and it boils down to the question of did. What happened to her? What what did what she did is what she did consistent with what the law defines as manslaughter. What and, I would you say know, in, in in Minnesota, uh, I think I think it's not too difficult to conclude that yeah, it, it does what she did does sort of define manslaughter too. And um, but if it's but if it is a hung jury, as as I suspect, you know it's. It's it's uh, it's questionable whether they'll they'll probably try to find some solution without a retrial because I don't think anyone right. really wants that. Right, I think that's true. Yeah, I think they'll. I think it'll. They'll. My gut tells me it'll be a hung jury. It's gone on too long, and then they're just going to reach some sort of a plea agreement with her. The only thing that I would say take out that I took away from it all, at all, and it's got nothing to do with how the trial turns out or whatever the situation is. Do not ever run from the police. That's not a good idea. No. No. Don't do that. I got a, just got a text from Mike Bryant. Verdict coming back at one thirty. Oh, there Uh-oh. you go. So the verdict's coming back in a little oh. over an hour. Just so, in time for this show so, to be over. Yeah, really. What, what, what manslaughter too says is that a person, a person who causes the death of another by any of the following means, is guilty of manslaughter in the second degree, and then. The first part of this, they, they give several scenarios, but the only one that's really relevant here is it's it's manslaughter to if by the person's culpable negligence, the person creates an unreasonable risk and consciously takes chances of causing death or great bodily harm to another. So, you know, and, but that can be interpreted in different ways, too, although it's kind of specific. It still leaves it open to interpretation. That's exactly it. I mean, I just will. We'll, the only thing we can do is keep moving forward in life. And, and again, do not run from the police. Uh, I don't know why you would have both your taser and your pistol on the same side of your body. That made no sense to me at well, all. She didn't, right? She. I don't know. That they're she always did. on one side or the other, and she went for the wrong side. Is what she I. She went for the wrong side, yeah. and, and uh, you know, one is much heavier than the other. One, yeah. one kind of it's kind of colorful with the big yellow section. One just looks like a regular gun. The weird thing is that you know she wound up. She thought it was a taser, but she wound up tasing the guy you know, in his chest, which is certainly that. That's a good way to kill someone too. Well, but center mass is what you aim at with a yeah, taser. Yeah, you always aim center you mass always regardless. Aim center mass. That's just because, that yeah. Goes. I mean, if you do it over the person's heart, that's gonna that's gonna be an issue. But uh, you know, it's. Um, uh, in any in any event, I would doubt she'd serve much time, no matter what happens. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. I, and I, I don't really take positions on any of the stuff, whether it be the Rittenhouse kid or Potter or whatever. I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. None of us know what happened. So I just I watch it go on, and it just it's a lot of bad decisions are being made these days. I've noticed that a lot of really bad decisions. They certainly are. Well, they yeah. always have been. It's just now that yeah, that's well, true. yes. The difference is things are televised now. Yes. I mean, yeah, the fact when that you think about the difference that smartphones have yeah. made yeah. in the society, it's just well, a. Can you imagine the kind of things that went on before cameras were ubiquitous? You mean and like just no bad one cops ever killing knew people? About? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, here we changed. go now. I said bad. everything changed with video, you know. And yep. just, yes, it did. It did, yeah. It's, but it's still even even when you see the video, it's uh, it, we know from listening to lawyers that it still can create two totally different scenarios. Yeah, yeah, it can. No, there's no question about that. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. No, it's, it's I a thought tough she deal. was kidding when she said, "Was it firefauci.com? Please firefauci.com. Oh, oh, that kind of stunned me. You know, uh, me too. I, I was like, was it came out. Of what nowhere. did she just say? I was like, what? <laughs> I thought we were talking about no, Santa. The woman, who's, 
this is a woman who is on the precipice. Well, and you physicians know. are like 98% vaccinated. And yeah. for those of you who don't know, psychiatry uh, yeah. is, you have to, it's a degree you get on top of being a medical doctor. So she's, yeah, had, she's an MD. Yeah. She's an MD. <clears throat> and yeah, if I you talk she, to medical spoke. doctors, there's very few of them that. Well, while yeah. you were out of the room, I think she spoke positively about vaccines. I think she just doesn't like Fauci. Oh, okay. Which is a unique Italian? stance because <laughs> no, because be. he made money off of this is I think the well, big problem I have with him. Well, Fauci has been demonized by the right, and this woman is clearly on the right, and she is uh, drinking the black bile. Uh, that's but, that's but, the way I saw but it. But wait a second, this is a man who lied over and over about not being involved in Wuhan, and he was involved. We got to can't forget that part. He was definitely making money off of this misery. That's the problem I have with them. How is he making money? I we, we it would take at least a half an hour to explain that situation, but check into it. This guy he was involved in some sort of gain of function research. Yes. I haven't really looked into it that much because I just know, don't care. Feeding dogs was that lucrative? I, I I never yes. got that impression. Oh God, yes, he made a lot of money from. It. He makes a ton of dough, as a matter of fact. And look, I don't hate Fauci. I think he's a typical political dope like the rest of them. And I don't care if we're talking left or right. These people are disgusting now. The lying that goes on. On television, whether it's CNN or Fox, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, all these people do is lie. That's what they do now to make money. That's pretty hard to dispute, I would think. But let's look at the bright side, Tom. There's 28 different bowl games that we can gamble on. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, the Gophers are in the worst one of them all. But, well, and know. when there's no game going on, you just uh, put your money in a pile and spin the dreidel. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, I like That's it. That's right. You get yeah. none half well, at all. And also, you know, the racetracks are, are still running, and I every day I just hope for one more day of horse racing before that gets shut down. No, I understand. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we've got to take a break in about 30, 30 seconds here, but I just I, I get I get so tired of people making stuff up just so they can make money. God, it's disgusting. And they've always done it, I'm sure, that people lie to make money, and it, it just... You know, and again, I don't, I don't have a side in this, but I, because I certainly don't think you should storm our capital, but to pay more attention to that and the fact that you burned down our cities, could we go after the people that burned our cities down as well? You want to do? Well, no. If my team well, does it, it's good. Yeah. There's been about ten thousand people that were arrested for rioting across the U.S. After yeah, the but not held in jail. Five hundred people held in jail for a year now for yeah. no reason. 500. Well, I think the reason is they were trying to overthrow the country. Oh, they were not. Jesus okay. Christ. Come on. There were a bunch of hunyucks having a party that they should have never done it. Don't get me wrong. It should have never happened. They were loving happened. people. Yes, they're we loving people. They happened to kill five people. I think that they actually. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who killed five people? Suicide. Who killed five people? No, there were five people who died on the spot, right? No, one. Well, that's what happens when you get a bunch of drunk, fat boomers in one place. No, no, no. There was one yeah, woman was who was shot by a police officer. Well, yeah. yes, except for her. She was definitely. But, yeah, the rest of them, I think, basically just had heart attacks. Well, because they were having too much fun. I, th- I think so, yeah. They, Look, were, they got all hopped up on, uh, you know. Maybe we'll get the well, impression now, if you pay attention, that I'm not wild about the left or the right. Right now, i got to be a, These people are disgusting to me. They have no business doing what any of them did, left or right, capital or our cities across the country. You have no business doing that kind of thing. I agree. So there it is. I'm not arguing against anybody. No, I, I get it, yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's possible to condemn both sides. Indeed. All right, we got to take a break, and we'll be right back right after this. we got car-selling secrets. We sure do. Her Royal Highness is here. I'm going to go get her Oh, the God, it's going to get really bad now. 